Blog Talk Radio. Radio. Have you ever thought about how you'll be remembered? It's not something that we're taught to give much thought to, and so we go through life just doing what we need to do, acting how we determine to act, 
in being the person we feel to be. But when you think about the opportunity to make a mark in this world, and when we do, we think in very grand terms because you can't make a mark without being grand, and then you feel a little bit, "Mm, maybe it's not my thing, maybe that's not my lucky star, it's not for me to do that. In actuality, you need only follow a few steps to ensure that the mark we leave is indeed grand when gifted to those we love. This is your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am the founder and CEO of the Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, and positive psychology and energy psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice, located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. My guest, Ilana Zaman, loves connecting with people. She's the first woman rabbi from a family spanning six generations of rabbis. Alana travels throughout the U.S. and Canada as a scholar-in-residence, speaker, and workshop facilitator. She teaches and lectures at social service agencies, law firms, women's organizations, private salons, synagogues, churches, interfaith gatherings, geriatric residencies and elder law, health care and financial and estate planning conferences. She's all over the place. She's amazing. She's also a chaplain at the Summit at First Hill, a retirement community in Seattle, Washington, a certified wise aging instructor and adjunct faculty at Seattle's Harborview Hospital CPE program. for Live Fun, a publication for leisure care retirement facilities in 10 states. And she's published in the Gettysburg Review, The Sun, Post Road, American Letters and Commentary, and so many more. And we are so fortunate because she is joining us. Welcome to the show, Ilana. Thank you for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, A pleasure to be here. I am being okay. I am being okay. It's uh it's actually in Seattle here. It's a quite quite a quite a decent day. There's there's a brief little sliver of sun emerging. <laughs> oh, lucky you. Yeah, that is good. I can't wait for that to happen here in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get it more than we do. Oh, you know, <laughs> you send it my way a little bit, you know? <laughs> when I when I received your book, The Forever Letter, I knew immediately that this was a book. It just resonated with me. I am a writer of thank you notes, congratulation notes. I handwrite notes all the time to the point I've been dubbed the note card girl in the area that I live. I've also had people tell me, you know, it's really a lost art, and they can't believe that I take the time to do it. But for me, it's really important to let others know when they've done well or are appreciated, cared about, loved, noticed, recognized, however you want to word it. And we all need stroking. And it's such a simple and easy but very impactful way to make someone feel really good about themselves. And, of course, there's the personal benefit for me as well. It's kind of selfish. I feel good writing a note or a letter, and then I feel good when I put put it in the post because I know they'll feel good when they get it. And sometimes I get lucky, and I get to feel good a third time because they don't just acknowledge receipt, but they do it with complete surprise, and they're totally elated that someone actually took the time to acknowledge them. And your book, The Forever Letter, really got my attention because, again, for me, writing notes and letters is part of my life. I just love what you've written and how what you have written provides guidance 
in writing a letter from the heart. That yeah, and so you. our nope. listeners are on the same page. I would really love it if we started with you telling us just exactly what is a forever letter. Great beginning question. <laughs> a forever letter <laughs> is. It took me a while to get uh, there, but you know. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> the warm up is always good. Um, yeah. A forever letter is a letter we write uh, to heal, strengthen, deepen, and uplift our relationships. That's really what it is in a nutshell. And we do this through being vulnerable and through writing um, about forgiveness that we might want to deliver or that um, we want to ask for or gratitude or love and, or what's most important to us. There's so many things we can, we can write about in this context. But the idea is really sitting down and um, approaching the person to whom we're writing with a sense of, ah, this is the person to whom I'm writing and this is me and what do I most want to say? And as you said earlier, right, there's so many different occasions for writing letters uh, and some of them are, you know, a shorter, you know, more more kind of um, specific letter that is a paragraph or two. And sometimes there's something that, that's going on, you know, in the relationship perhaps, or there's a death, or there's someone who's ill, or there's someone that did something amazing, and it sparks something in you that you really want to just commend them or, or share something from your own life. And it is a lost art, as you say, this, this communicating uh, with the pen and paper, or, or even some people who actually have to type because their writing is terrible, but but that that mm. personal communication is so important. And I don't know, especially today, as we're twe- texting and tweeting so much, it's you know it's those sound sound bites and the mist. You know, we're all focused in twenty thousand different directions, and so it's nice to be able to actually have you know, an envelope that you open, you're turning away from any, you know, electronic device, and you're just reading, and you are at one with the person who has written this gift to you. And it's, I find it to be very cathartic for me. And I also, as you said, you know, when you're tweeting and when you're emailing, you just it doesn't articulate, it doesn't translate, it doesn't get across the point, but somehow when you actually write the letter, you actually put pen to paper. And for me, I actually type it out on a computer and then I read it from across the room and draw the letters because my handwriting is deplorable. So I have to do that. (laughs) People would not be able to read my writing. It's just really, really bad. So I, I tend to do that. But when, you know, you can, I don't know, it just really, it just really comes through a lot better when it's a handwritten letter, I think. And I think people, when they see that, it means more to them. Would you agree mm-hmm. with that? You know, I think, it, it, I definitely think a handwritten letter really is, is special, um, if it can be read, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, yeah. There, I, I remember yeah. being at camp when I was a kid, and I got, um, you know, when, when it was time to have letters, you know, after lunch, and everybody was in their beds, you know, and the mail came. It was so exciting. And I remember in particular, like, you knew which letter was from your mom or dad or siblings or grandparents. And I had a grand a great-grandmother who wasn't mine by blood, but my great-grandfather had, I guess, remarried her after his first wife had died. And she had the most gorgeous handwriting. I mean, when you got a letter from her, it felt like you were receiving like a note to a ball or a wedding. And so that was really cool getting that. 
that was really cool. But and I love seeing the handwriting. So even the handwriting on the envelope communicated to me who that person was. So I too have horrible handwriting. And so sometimes I'll write, but then people will say like, you know, I need a translation. Can you come and read your letter? And that defeats the purpose. So I, I type, I do both. Sometimes if I'm, if I'm able to, I, I, I write in a smaller note, but if I'm really writing um, and I, and you know, then I'll put it usually, uh, you know, I'll write it, I'll type it and then I'll add my own, you know, little words at the end or, or signatures or a little whatever so that it feels like it's mine, you know, makes, I make it mine. Yeah. Yes. And when it's a, when it's something longer than let's say a note card, you know, a three by five card, then I do resort to the, the typewriter, but I always type them up on the screen and then I literally draw the letters. I'm printing. I'm not writing because, again, you know, and I won handwriting awards. But the problem is that we <laughs> use our PCs so much that, you know, I think, oh, my God, they would take these awards away from me right now. They would, my first grade and fifth grade and sixth grade teacher would take my awards away. <laughs> you know, it's just that bad. But sometimes, well, a lot of times, actually, it's easy or it's easier to express words through writing than actually through speaking. You have a chance to tweak what you want to say in a way that truly allows you to speak your heart because, and again, this is just for me, I believe my hand connects to my heart so that what I write, albeit cathartic, evokes the most soulful, deep thoughts that are easily transferred to paper when you, when you set the intention that you're doing this to, to let this person know something. It's, it's a very intimate process, yeah. I, I, I find. It- I think so too. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And uh, oftentimes when I'm preparing to do something larger uh, in terms of writing, like write a longer note or or a really deeply heartfelt forever letter, um, I will write it out in longhand first just for me because I find that my, when I just write on the page, there's something about that. And then after writing that, then I go to the computer and then recraft and do whatever. But there is something about being able to recraft it to say what you want it to say. There's something about putting it aside for a while to then come back and check the tone and see, huh, does this really resonate? How will it be heard? Um, and there's something about um, sometimes it's hard in person, you know, because you never know how, every, how someone might show up on a given day. And, um, and it's easier sometimes. It's hard. It's hard to sit down and, and, and really be vulnerable and go deep within. And yet on some level, um, there's, there's an easier piece to it, too. I had a friend who um, got divorced and she started dating. And she said to me, you know, I in writing uh, to these people, these men I'm writing to, I, I sometimes share more about myself than I would if we were just meeting. It just feel more comfortable sure. like behind. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. So I, I think that there's something about um, the, the closeness to the pen and paper, and yet also a little bit of a distance that we can just fully feel like we can, you know, be ourselves which is really such a gift. Yeah. Um, and there is, I want to yeah, tell you, T, there's really mm-hmm. an interesting thing in the, in the Jewish tradition, which is um, when you get married, um, when um, the, uh, I guess it could go either way, when the husband is putting the ring on the bride or the bride on the husband or whomever's marrying whom, wherever the rings go. But the point is that the ring um, is always put on the, um, um, which it's the forefinger because the rabbis believe for some reason that that finger connected somehow all the way back to the heart. 
Um, and so it's it's not the ring finger that you usually keep your uh, ring on. Right. So after the ceremony, you kind of take it off and you put it on the other finger. But even even in ancient times, there was this belief of somehow those fingers, you know, really translating back to the heart. And I know that there, wow, who was the actor I was reading about? Carol O'Connor wore his wedding ring on his middle finger because the middle finger does go back to the heart. And it was like, okay, that's a different cultural thing right there. I don't know what it was, mm. but that was his belief, you know? Mm. So yeah, I, I've, I've heard of those, those before. And, you know, it's such an intimate process depending on how, it, it is because you're giving of yourself. So right there, it's very personal, very intimate, no matter what you're speaking about, it's, it's, it's coming from you. And it's, the, the forever letter is based upon the ethical letter in the Jewish tradition, and it's very unique, and, and I think getting back to basics today of writing, which nobody wants to do, it's unfortunate, is really needed because it can also reduce stress. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into this, and, and you and I are on the same page with this. So I'm wondering now how many people are, and what really was the impetus to write this book? I mean, why write a book about it? You know, um, I, it happened sort of, it was this kind of extraordinary moment. Uh, one day when I was 14, my dad, who was a rabbi at a large synagogue, came home and uh, after work, and I happened to be sort of hanging around the kitchen area, and he hands me a letter, you know, that, that he had written to all of his children. We, we were four. And, uh, you know, he, he he gives me this letter, and you know, I go off and read it, and I'm just blown away. It's all of about 11 paragraphs, short paragraphs, and this was um, a, a part of something that he had done with a class uh, that he was teaching in a synagogue, and it was this tradition of writing this ancient letter that was called an ethical will. Um, actually, that was a name given to it many years later in the early 1900s. But at the time, uh, the medieval times, when this letter was sort of being developed or done, it was part of the ethical literature of the time, and it was actually called a tzivah, which in Hebrew is a commandment. And so these letters were written by parents to children, um, and they were really stating what uh, what rituals to be followed, what ethical um, what ethical precepts to be followed, and um, sometimes there were superstitious little points put in of what should be followed. And, um, you know, you felt a love, you felt concern and care, and the, the sense of commandedness that you felt varied from author to author. But this was the tradition in which he was writing. And so I just get this letter from my dad, and, you know, I had seen him up on the, on the pulpit so many times, and he spoke beautifully and charismatically, and you know, and he says, I love you, and you give him hugs and all of that. But but getting this letter, you know, I went into the den, I read it, and I just cried because here he was, he put mm. himself on the page in a very personal way and a very human way. And it, for me, especially as a, you know, growing up as a, as a rabbi's kid and a community thinking that this rabbi or clergy person, which I think they did more in, in the time I was growing up in the 60s and, and 70s, I think it was, you know, the sense of this, this person is, is close to God. This person is holier because they have this title of priest, rabbi, imam. And, um, and so there was that sense of holiness that I too was caught up in like, wow, my father, oh no, he's like, you know, and this made him human and this made him real. And he talked a little bit about issues of, you know, some weaknesses and he was very vulnerable on the page. And 
I carry that letter around with me for years. I have it to this day because when I feel like I want to hear his voice, I just I open that up and I get a sense of, you know, who he was at the time, who we were as a family at the time. And it it just um it really served as the inspiration for me uh to you know, to to begin to bring a practice of letter writing into a larger a larger format. And I love that. I love the premise. And, you know, it lets others know how we feel, what's important to us. Uh, it, it's, and as you said, he was vulnerable. He allowed his vulnerability to show, which shows people that we're human because we oftentimes, you know, when it's a dad or a mom or an authority figure or someone, you, you think differently about them until you realize that they can show us their vulnerability. And so it becomes the person who is giving us this, again, this is just for me, is it is almost as though they are allowing us to be, and not almost as though, it is them allowing us to be a witness to their life. And mm-hmm. we're allowing someone else to see into who we are at a deep level when we write these letters. Mm-hmm. And th- I mean, that's what love is. I always refer to love as letting our vulnerability emerge. That is mm-hmm. what love is. And I just... You know, to get a letter like that, of course you're going to cherish it. It's a treasure. You'll save it forever and potentially pass it on to your children and maybe write one yourself. Who knows? You know, but it's it's historical, and I think that's important as well. Yeah, and you know, uh, T, it's interesting that, um, so historically, you know, this letter was written, um, you know, par- parents to children for the most part, and really um, my goal in creating the forever letter was to have a letter that is really, you know, not not a letter that's commanded, but that's more from the heart and that really speaks in more loving terms and uplifting terms as well, but also that can be written to anybody. So, you know, I've had people writing letters, you know, kids to parents, um, and elder, elder, you know, parents who are pe- people who are parents themselves writing to their parents, um, and teachers to students, and students to teachers. It really is. It's 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 being able to be and put yourself on the page and and share that with the people you care about and love. And as you say, it's just it's incredibly it's incredibly powerful. And that vulnerability piece that enables this all to to start and to emerge is is key. You know, I like to think of it like yes. this. There's, um, there's, um, you know, how like you're walking on the street and you walk by someone and, you know, it's like, oh, hi. You say, hi, how are you? Fine, fine. And off you go. And you just you do this mm-hmm. how many times a day, you know, when you're in your office or whatever. Fine, fine. And then you realize, really, you've not told each other really anything about what's going on in your life or how you really feel. <laughs> Right. And so when someone actually stops and says, you're like, you're, you're kind of racing off, you know, not even waiting for an answer. And someone stops and says, you know, I'm having a really hard day today. You know, there's, I have a, you know, a friend who's dying of cancer or some such thing. I mean, it can be anything. And you just stop in your tracks and you're totally present to that person and they share what's really going on with them, or they just failed a test, or whatever it is, and you're totally there. And what happens in that moment is you get out of we, the listener, get, we, get out, we get out of our stuckness of just moving forward without thinking. We become present to another human being, which is one of the most powerful things we can do. And once they are vulnerable with us and have given us this gift because it is a gift, we then feel mm-hmm. somehow that we want to share something of ourselves because, you know, well, they did, and they were honest, and that opens us up to being more honest. So then I might say, oh, you know, you're right. 
I've had a bad day today too, or, you know, thanks for being so open. And, and it just, it takes our hearts to a deeper, more human level than just running through something and not really paying attention. Yeah, it's definitely a connection that you can make with someone on a deeper level when you are in the moment with them. And oftentimes when I'm, I'm talking to students, I'll say to them, who is the most important person right now? in your life right now when it's one-on-one and you know, what's the most, who's the person that's most important right now at this given moment. And they'll say, um, Oh, my mom and my dad. And I'll say, no. And they'll say, no. And I'll say, no, right now. And until they, and and a lot of times they don't get it. And I'll say, actually right now, the most important person in my life is you. And the most important person in your life right now is me because we're talking. And if you're really talking with that other person and connecting, they're the most important person. You have to make people feel that way so that they understand that, you know, they matter because you just Mm -hmm. never know where someone's coming from, what baggage they have, what happened to them. So be with them in the moments that you're speaking with them because the moment you walk away, you're no longer connected with them in that same way. And the kids get it. Yeah, it's really kind of a neat thing. And, you know, and you can do that in a letter as well because, this is a good segue, I love, I do this too, that you save letters in a box. No, I do that as well. And I don't have, I don't have just one box. I have one for business letters that come in that are really nice and one that's for personal letters that come in. And I find it is just so nice. And it has to be a pretty box, you know, and sometimes and there's more than one box because, you know, geez, you know, there's a lot of stuff over the years. But I find it so nice to sometimes, especially if it's a rainy or a snowy day, to just go through the notes and the cards and the letters and, and reminisce. And it makes your heart grateful all over again so it's a it's a form of relaxation and stress reduction and gratitude for that person whether they have passed they're still around and you haven't seen them in years don't know where they live it doesn't matter you're you feel these emotions that come through you and you just know you're connected to them once again do you find that to be true as well I really do. I really do. And I, I have taken to saving, um, you know, uh, really heartfelt emails that are really letters that are on the computer that come through email. Oh, my God, email. me too. I wasn't going to say print that, them but out. I do. I print them out and I put them in a, you know, a three-ring binder because that's the way I can find them because otherwise they'll get lost in cyber or wherever they do. So I totally yes. save them. And I also find something else about those letters. First of all, sometimes I can't even remember um, – you know, different moments of that I've done, you know, I can't, I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to remember every single, you know, bar and bat mitzvah I officiated at. I can't, I can't, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm, of course I'm going to remember. So when I go back, I mean, it takes me back to moments in time that I might have just like, oh, I, I you know, it, it, wow. And here we are again. So you're right. It's like a reliving. And also at times when I'm feeling a little low and feeling like, does it, do I really matter? Mm-hmm. Do, does does anyone really care about me? Do I really even care about myself? I've I've just, oh, you know, do I deserve to be a mom today? I'm not I'm not doing great mom stuff today. I can pull them out mm-hmm. and I can feel that people, uh, uh, you know, um, were honored by me and and people felt that I believed in them and and their thoughts to me then, you know, thanking me become almost this. Um, recharge for myself to feel good about myself again, um, and so that's the beauty of these of these rainy day, snowy day boxes of letters that we can just pull out because when we're feeling a little low, they're also uplifting. Uh, a teacher the other day told me about, you know, she saves letters from like you. She saves letters from her students, uh, and mm-hmm. um, she 
pulls them out on days where she's feeling defeated because as a teacher, you know, there are days and there are days. I mean, as any of us, there are days and there are days. And she just said they, they give her strength when, she, when she's feeling defeated to have these, you know, sentiments and thoughts from students, you know, that she was able to help along the way. So. Yeah, it is an amazing thing. They're very, very powerful. And, and sometimes it brings up things that you completely forgot about that, that seemed at the time like this is a milestone moment or this is important and I will yeah. remember it, as you said. And then you don't. And, and then you kind of not only remember the events that happened, but you can, it's almost like you're there again. And, I mean, yep. I end up crying. I always end yep, up crying. Me too. There's a cup of tea, no <laughs> tears. Then I got to go get chocolate because you know you can't have tears without chocolate. That just doesn't work. You got to get it all set any... up ahead of time once you know how you react. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I can't. I was interrupting, but do you do you have any letters that that stick out to you that you remember receiving from either students yeah. or parents or I, your own teachers? Yeah, and I'm or... not a teacher. The reason the reason why I got it from students is um, I wrote a children's book called Santa's Tiniest Elves, and then they had me come in and read the book, and the book was to make money for my children's foundation. And I went in, and I was petrified to read the book to these these um, seven-year-olds Little because, beans. I mean, I teach – well, I, I teach as part of the STEM program at St. Elizabeth's College. I, you know, I've talked in front of scholars. I know what I'm doing when it comes to integrative health care. I know what I'm doing with my foundation, but seven-year-olds, and she kept saying, well, you're going to do a presentation. I'm like, yes, that's – I'm petrified. Do you understand this? And she's like, no, I don't understand it. And I'm like, oh, my God. So they were asking crazy questions. But at the end, I signed everybody's book. I went to the classrooms, and each child came up, oh and I signed God. their book to them, you know, Jared and whatever, gave him a candy cane, and they took a picture with me with the child. Two days before Christmas, I got this really fat envelope in the mail. Oh, my Every gosh. child, yeah, you know where I'm going. They, they put the pictures, and the kids folded the thing in half like it was a note card. People, they drew pictures of, okay, I could tell I'm the redhead. All right, I get that. <laughs> you know, and... Um, I mean, it was so funny that they were they were wonderfully warm and really nice, nice, wonderful letters. And I just I just sat there crying. It was the best gift I ever could have gotten. That was most recently. I did come across one just a while ago. I was looking for a book and I found an inscription in a book and it was it was an entire note from this woman. And um, she's since passed. And that made me cry. But it was a book that I was pulling out on purpose to read it again. And wow. I thought, wow, okay, there's a reason why I was coming for this book. And I completely, completely wow. forgot that she had inscribed it in the way she did. So, yeah, yeah, you can remember. So it was, you got a, you double, know, a, double, a double present with that book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really did. It was great. It was really, it was terrific to do that. And, and I think that happens with everyone. I think a lot of people might save note cards but if they, or, or letters or anything, but if they, if they don't go through them, it's kind of just a box of things to be recycled at some point, you know. But if you do go through them and you, and you can realize, you know, you don't just save your wedding cards or birthday cards, but you save those special things, you know, the special yeah. ones that mean the most. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, um, yeah, I get I, feel the I same mean, way. we're both sentimental, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. You know, and yeah, I don't. You know, I don't save those cards that uh, you know, that someone just signed a name to. I, I save the cards that, uh, you know, that really matter. That that they've you know written something that means something. Yeah, they've taken the time. You know, mm -hmm. that makes a huge yeah. difference. Um, Absolutely. Now, in your book, I've noticed that because it is is a guidebook to how to do this in a really 
good way for you. It's not like it's academic and, and you're saying you have to do this, you have to do that. That's not it. it. There's no specific way to write a forever letter or how to say something. It's just a letter that's meant to allow the writer to be free to express whatever they want from their heart to the recipient. And of course, the letters are written for different reasons and from different perspectives, depending upon the person to whom you're writing the letter. Correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Because <laughs> we all have different relationships, with different, which every person, our relationship is different. And, you know, and the relationship changes over the years, too. So sometimes, you know, when you look, when I look back in different letters, I'll say, oh, well, this was from between me and my mom when I was like 10. And this is another letter that my mom wrote when I was like 17 or something. And then it's like, it, it's not just the letter, it's the catalog of, it's almost like this little um, biography of our relationship, of who we were at the times that each of us you know, was writing and, and relationships change over time. So sometimes you might be writing Mm -hmm. a a letter of, you know, uh, trying to uplift someone. And other times you might be writing a a letter really saying, you know, I'm so proud of you, or, I mean, it it changes all the time or, or there's a forgiveness, something that's going on. There's some conflict in the relationship or something needs to be resolved. And you're going to be the one to just try to open that door. And so it's about, you know, forgiveness. So it just it, it, every relationship is different. Every moment in time is different, and how we're showing up. So there's so many opportunities to write and to write about. There really are. Yeah. And, and you can make them up. I remember when I turned 30, I thought, all right, I turn. I just turned 30. Maybe it was when I was 20. I gotta figure this out. I think it was when I turned 30, and I I um, wrote a note on Mother's Day to my mother, 30 reasons why I was grateful, and mm. I came up with different things that weren't just the standard, you know, you bought me clothes and and fed me and and all that stuff. They were very unique to our relationship. You know, the time that Mm. we made raisin bread and ate two loaves before anybody else came home from school and I wasn't going to school yet. (laughs) You know, things like that. Um, And of course we couldn't eat dinner because we were eating the raisin bread when it came out of the oven or, you know, and then it was Father's Day follows Mother's Day a month later. And I thought, well, I can't do it for her and not do it for him. So I ended up writing 30 reasons why, you know, I was grateful to him. And I'm really glad that I did those gratitude letters to them. I don't know what made me think of it. It just came to me as something I needed to do. And Mm. my siblings thought it was kind of crazy and weird and stupid, but then they think I'm a little different anyway. And I am, and that's fine with me. It works for me. And, you know, this is the way (laughs) God made me, and God doesn't. So um, (laughs) it works well. But it was very – I think that might have been like – probably the start to me and I had been writing letters and stuff before but that was the start to me certainly maintaining a a gratitude journal and making sure I was grateful every evening and and Mm. waking up in the morning and being grateful every morning so that I knew you know the day starts well and ends well and when I read your book it just brought so much of this back it brought me back to memories of things that I just completely forgot about and I loved it it's just such a great book and one of the things that you stated in your book was that you know, we can die with such gratitude and leave a great legacy. And it's, I think, it's all in the attitude that we put forward. Do you are? I, I'm thinking, I mean that, as you're talking, I'm like, I have, I have all these questions for you. So I'm like, I'm listening and I'm like, wow. <laughs> so what I wanted to ask you was, did your, um, did either of your parents respond to that, uh, that particular Mother's and Father's Day card that year? Yes, both of them were very um, emotional and 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 grateful that 
I can't believe this letter. It's beautiful. I hope I never disappoint you. Um, unfortunately, relationships do change. And I was, I'm even more grateful now that I wrote that because she disappointed me in a huge, huge way. And it's sad, but that's just the way life is. I'm glad I got to do that while I, when I did. Felt it. I, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't dislike her. I'm grateful to her for so many things, but the relationship changed in a huge way. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, I was glad I did that. So sometimes you just have to follow through with things and do them at the time because you won't do them later. When yeah, things you never change, know what, you know. Yeah, you never know how how relationships shift or change or. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. yeah so that that kind of that was kind of weird, you know, that um that that came back, and I thought, oh wow, okay, this is weird. I, I did think of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, one of the other things is I loved the story you wrote about Alfred Nobel, how this man got a great gift, I think, that allowed him to influence the way that he would be remembered. And I was wondering if you would share that with, with our audience. Sure. Um, you know, uh, Alfred Nobel's um, brother uh, died um, before he did. And the obituary that was placed in the newspaper uh was an accident, and it said it was Alfred's obituary. So he actually got to read his obituary prior to his death, and it was the obituary about him. Uh, it was, you know, it was about stuff that he did or whatever. They got they got it wrong about who had died, and so he got to see things about himself. So what do we know Nobel for nowadays? We know Nobel for at least most of the younger population know him as, you know, the Nobel Prize, the Nobel Prizes, that's, right. you know. Um, but he was, um, he invented dynamite, was that it? That was it? Yep, yep. Yeah, he invented dynamite. I'm just <laughs> making sure I'm remembering correctly. He invented dynamite, <laughs> and he reads, reads, you know, and and the the way that it was described, you know, the, the, um, the substance that destroys and whatever, and he read this, and he thought, oh, my God, this is, this is not how I want to be remembered. You know, this is, so he took it into his own hands. And from that, the Nobel Prize is developed, which in other words, like he, he didn't, he couldn't say, he couldn't not have the legacy that he did. I mean, he, he invented dynamite. He was always going to be a dynamite inventor, but to only be remembered right. for that, that was not what he wanted. So he decided that he was going to donate money and do these other things. And so he could be remembered for um, other pieces of himself that, um, that were deep pieces of himself. And who knows if he would have done this? He might not have had he not read his obituary that was supposed to be his brother's, but had he not had that opportunity to like see what was being said about him, and then he realized, oh, huh, this is not how I want to be remembered. So that's, I think, that's that's the story you were talking about, correct? Yes, and I have to say, when I read that, I thought, you know, that was a real pivot point for him because I. I don't think he would have known to do that if he didn't read his own obituary and think, oh, well, let's hold the phone here. I really don't want to be remembered like that. This is not a good thing, so what can I do to shift it? Because there wouldn't have been anything to show him that. So I thought, what a gift. You got the Mm -hmm. gift of seeing how you'd be remembered. Not only have you the gift of changing it, but making the world better and making people strive more because they want these awards, so they're going to work harder. He changed a lot in the world in that oh, moment. Oh, totally. And he totally did. Yeah. And it changed it changed him uh, too. Now it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't mean that if we've, you know, if we've led a a really awful life that if we write a letter or if we give money for a charity or if we do something that suddenly we're like going to be remembered as great people, right? We 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 have right. to be c- 
concerned about how we show up all the time. But but what it does is it helps us um, – you know, it helps us put our best foot forward and and think about these things, you know, how we want to be remembered. You know, the tradition of this, this ancient tradition, oftentimes what what happened was the parents would leave these letters to be found for after um, they died. And yeah. I'm really a big proponent of sharing these letters, um, these forever letters, really, um, while we're alive. Um, the idea Me is too. to write... You know, when we write them, the idea is that we want to, you know, hold on. I mean, the idea of a forever letter is that hopefully we write it with the intention that the person we're writing to will want to hold on to it forever. Now, we don't know, but that's right. the intention. We're writing with that intention. Uh, but but the hope is that we share them. And it, and I'm talking about a real, you know, a deeper letter of maybe it's forgiveness or uplift or something. Because if we leave these to be found, um, even, even things like, you know, uh, the important things we want people to know about us or about them or what we hope they will do in their lives, whatever it be, you know, why wait? <laughs> because, you know, if, especially if it's an issue of forgiveness or uplift or, you know, you get this letter after the person dies, you can't, you can't connect anymore. You can't rectify. You can't come together. So why not state those feelings, you know, now and have the opportunity to grow the relationship? So that's that's do that's it really, now because yeah. you don't know. Yeah, yeah. You just, you I just agree with know. you 100 percent. I even agree with stating to people, you know, don't don't let somebody leave the house under the terms of a fight. Don't you just don't know too many times people have said our last words were a fight and they're living with that guilt. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I mean, this book did so much. It's I don't know. I think everybody should read it. It should be in high schools everywhere and they should be using it as a class teaching it because it's so important, especially in this day and age where there is so much going on upheaval in the world. That's horrific. I mean, two shootings today alone, give me a break. You know, it's just going on and on. This is, we live in very challenging times. And I think that to, to take the time to sit people down and say, just in the stillness, feel into your heart and yeah, see yeah. what you want to write to someone, really feel into your heart, it, it shifts you in a huge way. And as you said in the book, your letter does not need to be a letter either. It could be a poem or a song or a drawing or a collage of pictures. It can be anything that makes the statement that you want to make toward the other person. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, some people have even said who've read the book who aren't writers. Um, and I and I deal with people who aren't writers in the book and, and try to get them to think about writing, even if they don't like to write, because the truth is you really don't have to write like anybody else other than yourself, even if you don't have great penmanship mm-hmm. and even if you don't have great English or whatever, it you know, um, so, but there is something about, there's something about this idea, you're absolutely right, of, of putting down, uh, of putting down what's, what's so important to us in whatever yeah and and i think you know probably the biggest problem with writing for a forever letter the way in which people or the way in which people um, procrastinate i should say resist let's say Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you just said it is i'm not a writer i don't have anything to say people know i love them i don't need to write a letter yeah you do because you take for granted that people know you love them but don't you like to hear it and we all like to hear that and know it for sure you know, and and get something that just really feels good to make you feel good because sometimes you don't know. Last year in 2017, I sent an email a day to 365 different people. And when I started doing this and people read it because it said every day I'm picking a different person and I just want to say thank you so much for Mm. being in my life. You have enriched my life. 
Thank you for enriching my life. And I got the most wonderful emails back from probably about 75% of the people. And the people that I was scared, yeah, the people I was scared to send it to because I thought they're going to think I'm weirder than they already think, you know, (laughs) like, that's okay. Just hit send. So I hit send. And one person who I thought he's going to be like off the wall with she's crazy. He emailed me back and he's like, wow, what a great email to get in the morning. T, I can't believe this. I have no idea how I enriched your life, but I say, you have a great day. No, you have a great life. <laughs> and I was like, great. wow. Yeah. That is so great. Just, just telling people, they yeah. need to know. Most of the people yeah. said, I had no idea I enriched your life. And it's like, that's because you don't realize the power of you. You don't yeah, realize what exactly. you say or do and how that shifts someone. And I think that's important. So, you can see how your book really, I mean, I got it. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I want this to yeah. on my show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's interesting. There's someone who, a couple of people have said to me at different points in time who aren't writers. This is what I was actually going to say and totally forgot before, um, was that she said, you know, uh, and then he said, it's like, I'm not a letter writer or I'm not going to necessarily write a letter. After a workshop I did, a woman actually came up to me. She said, you know, I have, um, I see my mom once a week. We spend time together and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we have this relationship and, uh, I'm, I'm so glad I was here at the workshop and I learned a lot. I'm not sure if I'm yet ready to write to her, but we are going to be spending our time differently together now. And so the idea mm. is that it's 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 it is about writing and having something that will last for a longer time because again we don't know how long we will live, uh, and you know we never know in this world right as you say with the students today in the schools and stuff who knows who's going to live and what age is and whatever and so to say something when we can say it is is so crucial, um, and huge, and yeah. um, to write it. And that said, if there's not the ability to write or if writing is going to take place a little later, how we communicate is important and how we show up for the other is so important. And so that vulnerableness and that humanness that we would um, concentrate on putting into a letter, um, you know, in the meantime, if we're not yet ready to write, we can concentrate on putting it into a relationship. Yes. And you provide workshops across the country, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I do salons and workshops and retirement communities and, you know, family retreats and, you know, things like that. I'm really available to do those kinds of things. I think it's great and it's wonderful to have communities, uh, you know, faith communities and whatever, interfaith communities. And it, But it's wonderful to have workshops where, you know, children are writing to parents or to um, their friends um, and grandparents or, you know, it's it's just it's great. It's really, really great. There was I did a workshop once, and when I asked people why they were there, a woman said, um, uh, she said, well, here's the thing. I called my, my son called me this morning. He said, Mom, what are you going to go and do today? And she said, well, I'm going to this workshop, and I'm going to be writing you know, letters to my grandchildren. And then she said, suddenly there was silence, like total silence on the phone. And then a little few minutes, a few seconds later, he said, Mom, would you write one to me too? Right. We think we think, you know, we think we have this sense of, you know, like you said before, like, oh, someone loves me, whatever. And you know it. But but to have something that is uniquely, specially designated just for you um, that you can then go back to um, is, Mm -hmm. you know, really, really, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, mom, okay, so you're running to the grandkids, but don't forget about me. I'm your son. (laughs) You know, right, right. 
right. Yeah, don't skip a generation because you never did exactly. it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I I think now you've heard of the Omega Institute, Kripalu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. I think those are places that you need to like talk to those people and say I can come in and do a workshop because those people, you know, I'm a yoga instructor and uh, I mean I would have if I taught. See, I'm a yoga instructor, but I don't instruct. I did it just to prove I could do it to myself, I guess. But I like going to yoga for me. So <laughs> it's, it's my time, you know, to, to have somebody dictate to me the choreography so I don't have to think it through. But yoga studios and, and the big ones and the the places that are like Omega and Kripalu where they bring people in, that you would get great results from workshops with those people, I would think. I would think that would be a great place to go. The Open Center yeah. in New York, you know. The yeah, Open these Center? Are, just, yes. The Open Center. Okay. I believe that that, yeah, yeah, it's on um, 36th Street. I can't remember. I've taken classes there. And I'm telling you, this is one that I would definitely go to. I mean, and I would think <laughs> that they would lap cool. this up. They would lap it up. I mean, they really would, uh, you know. And also, April is National Card and Letter Writing Month. So yes. I would propose a challenge to our audience to send a card or a note in actually, okay, I'm going to ask you to handwrite rather than text or email, but uh, or write, somehow write. Two notes, maybe four, one a week, to someone for something they have gifted you with in life. And when I say gifted, I don't mean, you know, thanks for the sweater or the jewelry. I mean the gratitude for bringing you joy or inspiration, heartfelt gratitude to them for enriching your life. I think if everyone took on that challenge, they would be amazed at how good they feel in writing the Mm -hmm. note. The recipient Mm -hmm. would be amazed at how good they feel in receiving the note, and because it's unexpected, they'll more than likely contact you to tell you how nice it was, which will then make you feel good all over again. So that's <laughs> something, true. you know. Yeah, it's true. Go, and I'd go love ahead and do this, people. T, I'd love uh, if anyone from your audience would like. I, I'm online at just www.elanazaman.com, and uh, there's a contact form to reach me, and I would love to hear from people about their experiences. Uh, being the writer uh, of the letters that they send out during this month, and they don't have to. By the way, you don't have to wait till April. You can start now. But 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 yeah. what are those experiences? The writer, um, and if your recipients then respond to you, um, you know what are the experiences they shared with you? Um, it's um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it is. There's something. I mean, look when when we. I don't know about you. When I feel like bad about myself, or when I'm having not a good day. What I really want to do is I want to give to someone else because that makes me feel better yeah. about me. So I, 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 that's what I want to go out and do. And, you know, it, you don't have to feel bad about yourself to give. And so when you're giving, it's such a great thing because it is. It's like you, by writing a letter, you're, giving, you're just giving a gift. Right? You don't even necessarily have to go out and buy anything. And this is a better gift than were you to go out and spend lots of money. It's great. <laughs> it is because it's heartfelt. And you know, it just really, it raises your vibration, which automatically raises everybody else's and it makes the planet better. I mean, I'm an energy therapist, people. This is how energy works. We are made of energy and, and everything is energy. So when your energy goes up, it's like when you walk in a room and you can tell, you can cut the air with an, it's so thick you can cut it with a knife, you know, but then somebody comes in who's positive and all of a sudden you see it start to change. Everything starts to shift and vice versa. So every thought you have that goes through your head, every time you write something, every time you say something, it affects the whole and the whole being everything in the universe that just keeps on going and going and going because that's how energy travels. So you might as well make it good. If you feel a little bad about yourself, think about somebody you haven't 
you know, been in touch with for a while. And you don't even necessarily have to mail the letter. You can just write the letter to them and then save it for another time when you, you know, decide, well, now I'll mail it. I'll mail something else and tweak it. But take the time to to put it to writing. It, it is very cathartic, and, and it's good for your heart physically too. I mean, this is there's a very – visceral yeah. thing that goes along yeah. with that. It truly yeah. does. You know, so yeah, it absolutely does. I want to be able to get in before we go off air. You uh are involved in an intercultural volunteer, some intercultural volunteer work with women's ministry in Cameroon, Africa. Would you like to speak to that for a few minutes? Sure. It's um so uh the way that it worked out it was this. It's it's um there's a a church out here called Fame, which is the first African Methodist Episcopal Church, and they started a project with a sister city of Seattle's called in Cameroon, Africa, and it was making using the Days for Girls template to make feminine hygiene kits for girls uh, in Africa, and they were missing school because of their period. They didn't have good products. They have some products there. They're not good at all, and also they're expensive. And the girls don't have the ability to buy them. And so sometimes what would be happening would be, uh, you know, they'll be offering sexual favors to men in their village to get money to be able to mm. buy them. So the girls were being kept out of school. and um, Or they just don't go to school for five days and then they, be, you know, become behind in their work. Uh, and they don't do as well as their male students. So they started this project and uh, I heard about it through a friend who was involved and she introduced me to the uh, to the person there, and we met, and I asked the <laughs> the, the people um, from Fame if they would come to our synagogue, and if they would talk about what they do, and perhaps we could um, start a group. And my and what I really really upheld was I don't want to just start a group because this is an important project, which it is, but I um, I really feel we need to do something um, just to increase our it's connection, right, to increase our awareness of each other uh, in the world and um, to connect with each other. I mean, as a rabbi, I, I am doing a lot of Jewish things. I'm not always, and I do some interfaith work, but I'm not always with people of different uh, faiths and races and and cultures uh, as often as I am with my fellow community. And so this was like a calling. It was like in, um, it was uh, it was the summer prior to uh our current president being elected. And I just felt this feeling of dis, like a just uncomfortable feeling in the air of, of not, um, of we're not really coming together as a whole American people. And so I reached out to them and they came our way and we, and I said, the condition of this project for me is that we are an interfaith group doing this work together. And it was fascinating because it's like none, we're not helping each other, we're helping another. And in so doing, we can come together in a really strong way. And then I invited a Muslim community to join us as well. And so now we're three different faith communities, each on different, one day a month, each in our different locations. And people from each place come to the other places to help out. Um, so it's it's this this larger community and and friendships are being formed and we we don't know each other completely very well yet. In other words, we we feel connected and we hug and we're there and and there's bonds being formed and it's amazing. 
and you know to really get to know each other we'll we'll have more work to do over the years you know but we're we're going to each other's houses for for meals and we're meeting up for coffee and it's you know people are in my life who I might not have even known before and it's such a blessing it's such a blessing and it feels like just I'm 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 in touch with the larger world. I'm, I'm, I'm not just in my own little little enclave, and so that's why it was so important to to do. And um, and onward we go. Uh, we're, the the output has been uh, increased in terms of what they we can send over when the women um, take them take kits over, and um, and the community has just been fabulous. And I think that's just great. And you know, it, it it connects with the Forever Letter in that you are doing something that's impacting people across the world in a big way. Who knows what they're going to do? Who knows what mm-hmm. wonderful things they can do if they have the proper education? Because now they can actually go to school all the time. You know, so to me, I, I thought, wow, that's a really that very cool thing. Kudos to you for that. You know, the really wonderful thing. I love it when I hear people are doing things like that. Uh, and unfortunately, we're almost at the top of the hour, Alana. But before we go, if you would please tell our listeners how they may learn more about you and your work and where they may purchase your book, The Forever Letter. So um, you can come to my website at uh, Ilana, E-L-A-N-A, Zaman, Z-A-I-M-A-N.com. And uh, there's a blog you can sign up for, and there's more you can learn about uh, me and what I do. Uh, And, um, yeah, uh, that would be great. And you can click on a link there that will send you to purchase the book. But you can get it um, at Amazon or at Barnes & Noble or at Llewellyn Worldwide publishing uh it's available online in a lot of spots so so check that out um that would be great and, and you know it thank is you. a yes oh thank you're you quite so welcome. much for uh for having me on board it's uh what a pleasure it's been to to have a conversation with you and to to talk to a, a you know a veteran letter writer <laughs> i mean that's great <laughs> It's fun, and I think that's why I like the book so much. It's not just one of these, you know, here are some tools, go try it and do it and see if it works for you. This is something that you can do that's going to make you feel better, but other people too, and it's fun. It really is fun. Give it a chance, you know. That, that's what was important to me, to make sure that, you know, people would give it a chance to see how you can go back to a lost art and turn it into something that will work for you and for others and, and really be good. So, yeah, I appreciate you coming on air as well. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world. That's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for the show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T-Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. Also check out Soji Hugo's Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need 100%. We're solely run by volunteers, no salary stipends or compensation of any kind to anyone. And you'll learn about our fundraising campaigns, and you can see exactly where the money goes and how it helps kids in need. So check out sojihuggles.org. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio or at Soji Huggles. 
I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay